Okay, do me a favor. Raise your hand. Yep, just do it. Raise your hand without even knowing what I'm going to say because I know the answer is yes. And I know it applies to you. Do you need more boldness in your life? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in communication. Maybe it's in getting live on camera. Maybe it's in speaking your story. Maybe it's in doing the hard thing in your company, in your business, in your friendships. Maybe it's doing the hard thing in your faith. Maybe you've got to let something go to grow spiritually. I know boldness is a part of every single component of life, and so does today's amazing guest, Amy DeBrock. She's incredible. She has a book, actually a co-written book, which is pretty rad with her mama. It gave me a couple of ideas with my mama. I think there's nothing better than representing multiple generations in a message that speaks to all of us. I loved learning about her story. I loved learning her heart for God and her heart for his people, specifically his women. So if you're a dude, still tune in because I know you need boldness too. But above all things, just submit, just come into this knowing that in order for you to activate to the fullness of your purpose, you need boldness. I need boldness. So do the thing. Listen to the incredible podcast. Tune in to all things. And hey, if you have any questions about this podcast, you know where to find me. So I'd love for subscribe, review, a like, drop a question. That's even more better because even more better, more better, better. Is that a thing? Okay, anyway, it's better. So drop a question I want to help answer. Do you have a thought pattern that comes up that ignites a limiting belief as we're speaking and you need help breaking that i do that for a living so i would love to help you and i know amy would too let's pray together let's be together let's embolden together bye this is your god wink the moment that heaven says for such a time as this it's time to own your joy prioritize your health discover your wealth and exude your wholeness it's time to become truly fit However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love Whole Foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth, though. This isn't confusing religious banter. Though I'm an ordained minister, still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit.
Oh, man. I, I never watched those things before they come on. And for the people who have no idea what I'm talking about, you got to come to a live show. You're missing all the fun because this is where the energy truly gets started and comes through the mic. But um, that one filter of us might not ever have to happen again because it looked like you had like those teeth light things in your mouth. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I actually thought the whole thing was like a short film. I loved it. Besides, I mean, your in- yeah, I, I mean, I no, thought it was so amazing. You do an amazing job. Oh my gosh, that's not just me. I have a whole team behind me. I'm so grateful for Morgan. She creates those, and it's always incredible. We also have get to get your book image up here at some point. I know I saw it in your back behind you, so you'll have to pull it center stage here in a minute. But that's not just what we're here for. We're here to introduce you to the amazing Amy. I'm going to botch your last name. Debruch? <laughs> Debruch. But that is, Debrick. The, that is the common way to pronounce it if you're not sure is Debruch. So <laughs> well, you're good. Okay, good, good, good. Well, we're so excited to have you. And it's not about last names here. It's not even about our first names. Ultimately, it's about him, which I'm so grateful for. But Amy and I met each other at She Speaks. And we've had actually several She Speaks authors. I call us all authors, whether we're published or not, um, because everyone who goes to that has a desire in their heart to write or speak. And we're doing both right now. So uh, let's uh, let's unpack your story a bit. And um, just first off, hi, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you. It's so fun to finally see you because for those of you who don't know Tamara, when I first met her at She Speaks, you the same energy that you're, you know, projecting right now is that's just her authentic personality. That's what drew me in in one of our sessions in one of those classes is just that authentic, just radiating, joyful, upbeat encouraging personality. So it's a it's an honor to be here. I'm so glad to finally reconnect. Thank you so much, you guys. It's it, it was fun actually being with people. We were just talking about everything and, and She Speaks was an in-person and it's like 20 years it's been running. Um, but it's obviously with COVID, they had to turn it virtual last year. And a lot of things are still virtual. She Speaks, I believe, which you should still go to. It's incredible, is virtual this year. Lisa Turkhurst is, is a gem. Uh, but I got to go to an in-person conference and I hosted it in, I'm hosting an in-person conference. And I know you have a part of Summit and all of those things. And we love to bring people together because there is nothing better than actually being in the room and hugging necks and sensing somebody's truest vibe. But, you know, joy can... Um can be sensed through a mic, can be sensed through here, but it's like, God, it's just literally, it's this Holy Spirit because I lived a life of just being happy for a long time. And um, that was just fleeting. And I know one of your missions is to live a life on purpose and purpose and joy are connected. And so I want to hear about this life on purpose movement that you've created and how you encourage women. Well, for me, life on purpose was, it's funny you say that about being happy, but that's fleeting. Um, I had a lot of hidden anxiety. And so I projected happiness and joy. I wasn't, I just wasn't truly living it. And so it wasn't really until until I had a cancer diagnosis when I turned 40, which was 10 years ago, that I was able to finally surrender all of my anxieties and fear, you know, when you're a control freak, I always say it's really hard to take both hands off. I was, I was kind of like still giving him direction as we were, you know, taking this path or whatever. So it wasn't until I finally, you know, 
to let him totally take over. And that's what I say when I say surrendering. Um, I would never want to sound flippant about that. Like, you know, I never had a anxious thought after that or anything like that because that's just not true it's a daily choice that you make um, from there on out that's how it is for me but it wasn't until that moment that I understood what really living um, on purpose was Mm -hmm. because I was kind of that person who went through the motion um, consistently and I had started my journey um, with two tragic deaths my brother and my uh, oldest son had passed away and so that prompted those years of anxiety leading up to that cancer diagnosis and so I think when you are constantly somebody who isn't actually living in the moment you're not living on purpose. You're just always trying to get through the day, trying to get through that, that season. And so it was really at that moment that, um, you know, embracing what living on purpose meant. Um, and then once I started sharing my story, it, you know how that goes. It becomes addicting in the sense that you just meet that one person who is it touched by it. And then you're like, wow, I, I'm doing a disservice by holding this in. And um, and so that's really what kind of prompted the whole movement is the more women who can share and to relate and, and show that they're not alone and, you know, um, God has it covered, um, then it's always going to be worth it. That's so powerful. And I, I didn't realize I knew that there was some tragedy. We all have it, right? Some trauma, sure. some tragedy. Um, but then there is triumph every single time when he is involved. And so um, I'm curious with, with the losing of your child and also the losing of your brother, um, how with the anxiety that was deposited thereafter, have you had any like research or thought patterns towards how that actually could have led towards the cancer? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I mean, I do think that I, I, it's funny and it, it, it's certain people will hear this differently depending on where you are, I think in your faith walk and in all of that, I do believe that's completely connected. And I, and the reason I say that, and this may sound silly to somebody, but somebody not is totally hearing me right now. I felt like that was the final signal that God was holding up to get my attention to say, are you finally going to trust me? And so, you know, it it gives me goosebumps still today. And I jokingly will say, you know, you know, God was working with me here really well, but he was like, she's just not catching on. She is just, she's going to need a little bit more obvious sign here. And so I, I don't feel like it was a punishment, but I do feel like it was his way to say, you either are going to let me have the control or you're not. Yeah, yeah. I, I do I, believe that cancer diagnosis was a direct link. Yeah, that's so wild. I mean, literally, I, I've never asked that question. <laughs> and the way that you initially responded, maybe you never have answered that question directly. Um, but as you were saying it, that was literally just what prompted in my spirit. And to know that there's there's always more to his plan. Mm-hmm. And his plan doesn't always look definitely when we're trying to control it different than what we would have it be. Um, But it doesn't mean that it's not intentional and that he doesn't use all things for good. And now even still, you have this amazing opportunity to speak in to other people's hearts and, and bodies even and minds towards healing and towards um, we were saying this weekend that you're not a survivor. Um, You've survived something, but you're not a survivor that you are, are triumphant and that you are victorious and that you are able to claim a different name than just that um, because of who you are. And so um, I'm 
am grateful that he got a hold of you and he did. And now that you can live a life on purpose and to unlock that for other people is exactly what he would have you do and why you're so gifted at it. Um, so tell us, tell us more. Tell us about Embolden. And, and was that parallel to the life on purpose movement or that kind of emerged later? Because I know you went to She Speaks, you said, with a different thought. Yeah, I went to She Speaks actually with sharing my story. That was my manuscript that I had presented and, um, and was totally ready for that. You know, how you, you have your mindset, like, this is what God wants me to do. And, you know, I had triumphed. I felt like in finally getting the life on purpose and what that meant and how I was going to really, you know, perform in that way. And then, um, it was my daughter's sophomore year at college And she had come home and she had had, you know, a lot of the struggles that I think young women face at that age. You know, she was 20 at the time. And um, and the more she and I just kept having these regular conversations, I thought, you know, um, I feel like we really need to create something because I remember having those same issues at her age. And um, while it wouldn't have been a great resource to have and pick up at that age and feel like you're not alone. And I think it's also hard in emboldened kind of birth out of this as well is when you're an introvert and she and I, she's very similar to my personality. And when you're more introverted, it's hard to, people don't understand that it's hard to do simple things. Even when you are a strong Christian, like join a Bible study or just do something new out of your comfort zone. And so I thought, you know, what if we created something where maybe the girl um, isn't at that point yet, but she could still find some growth and confidence just from reading something that we have. And the other part too to embolden was really creating something for the Christian and non-Christian young woman because she went to a Christian college, but there were a lot of women there who didn't know the love of Christ. And she said they would never even consider picking up a devotion or going to a Bible study because they didn't feel qualified which makes complete sense. You know, when you hearing those words as someone who's just coming in, you wouldn't naturally sign up for that if that's not your personality. And so we kind of had dual purposes going when we created this and we just started writing and we did it. It took us about, Oh gosh, eight months and sent it out to a publisher last summer and got picked up by Arabelle and it came out in April. That is amazing. I love that story so much. And I have a super close relationship with my mom. So I think Mm -hmm. co-writing, there's so much power in that one because a lot of people don't have those relationships with their um, parents. And additionally, there's that cross-generational breathing of life that's happening based on wisdom and Also based on having your feet planted in that exact season. It's like I can relate. And then there's also this ability to emerge because of you having emerged. Um, So I'm excited to get my hands on it um, for sure and, and go through it. And I think a big part of that is is that idea of not being used to the limelight, not being um, in that perspective, because that's all I've always been on stage. Like that's literally been my life. And so when somebody, specifically clients come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this thing, but it's so hard. I'm like, you just got to do it. Like, it's so fun. And I give them that perspective. But just because I example it well, doesn't mean that, and I get nervous. Don't get me wrong. Like I I have, I I was shaking when I got up on stage the other weekend and then I started dancing and praising God and it all went away. But um, 
it's this knowing that the introvert also has a really, really critical role in the kingdom. Um, mm. And God is a lion, but he's also a lamb and that he needs all of us to partner with one another in order to show the abundance in every personality trait that he carries. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. And just the fact that you're able to recognize that. And I think a lot of times, I don't even think it's purposeful. I think it's just an accidental overlook of, you know, oh, why aren't they doing this? Well, sometimes I don't think it's the the drive to not want to do it. It's just that overcoming that personal hump in getting themselves to do it. Yeah, that's really good. And I love that you talked previously about that understanding of qualified um, and that they can be Christian or they can have a belief system um, in who God is. But there's not that like true authority or boldness. And when the Holy Spirit is deposited in you, boldness is a part of that because he is bold. And I had this incredible um, experience with a a woman this past weekend who, who came up to me to talk to me specifically about this. Like we, we need a prayer. It was two of them together and they wanted to step boldly into their business. And so that was their request was bold. And it immediately triggered a memory that I had on January 1st of this year um, that I, when I was in, it was in the throne room. Uh, not physically, in spirit, right? And and we were taking communion um, with one of my clients who now has an incredible business. Um, he Made Her Whole is the name of it. I totally recommend their Bible studies and everything that she mm-hmm. does. But she was ushering us in and I was just there to support, right? Like as a coach, just be like, I'm so proud of you. Let's do this thing. Sure, I'll jump in. Knowing, of course, that the Holy Spirit was going to be there because he's within her. And um, she encouraged us to go and do a communion. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't have wine one, because we don't drink and we don't have it in our house. But two, I didn't have juice because we are really like landscape design for our kids, all this stuff. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I got coffee. That's fine. I don't have anything to eat that's like of bread nature. And so I run into my cabinet and I'm like, oh, here's a very old, stale thing of little cinnamon squares, organic cinnamon squares from Trader Joe's. So I pick them up and I bring them over and I'm sitting down. And as she's talking about communion, I was literally feeling guilt. And in my mind, I was saying I'm not qualified right in this moment to take communion because I'm not doing it the way that the church tells me to do it or the rules tell me to do it or any posture is not where I'm supposed to be. But it was exactly where God had intended me because when I took that little square and I put it in my mouth to signify his body and and the brokenness that he experienced here on earth in behalf of Jesus, um, he said, I am that sweet. And I was like, Oh, I started laughing and crying simultaneously and I still had to take from the cup and I immediately felt the guilt again. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm drinking coffee. Like this is terrible. This isn't, I should have at least picked up some water. I do have water in my house. Right. And I took it to my lips and he said, I am that bold. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, and sweetness. And that is so parallel to this conversation. I look bold. You look sweet. Um, But he is both. And so introvert, extrovert, whatever you clarify yourself as, you get to be that and you get to do it with confidence ultimately, right? Rather you're whether that however that looks or however that comes to play. So I just had to share that. Thanks for letting me I love that. I think that that's an amazing story. And I think that nice part about that you kind of framework here is that it didn't look like how it 
was expected to look. And I think a lot of times we do a disservice by overlooking, you know, like we didn't want to overlook that girl who isn't there yet. Because what what's the point if we're only preaching to the believers, right? I mean, he's going to ask someday, you know, who did you bring with you? And so I, I just always feel like if we get too hung up on the traditional aspect of what the faith really is, then we, we're going to miss a whole, you know, generation possibly, or just that one woman who really needs to know the love of Christ, but doesn't need to have the traditions down in order to feel like she's qualified to get there. You're so right. And I'm thinking of all of these women that I got to be with and men. There was men there, too. Um, people who had tattoos, people mm-hmm. who had tongue rings, people who had different color hair, people right. who, like me, sit on stage and a peak of my stomach was showing. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Are we actually in church right now? Yeah, we actually are. And so to break down the barriers, especially for your child, for your daughter's um, perspective, those lenses that they have been put on or glasses, I call them drunk goggles, (laughs) that they have been given from the church. Like the church is passing out um, inadequacy. They're passing out lack of confidence. They're, They're passing out confusion because they're saying things that are not biblically grounded. And God loves you, all of of you, everything from colored hair to the skin on your body. And though it might be, um, you know, a little controversial, he still loves all of you. And he loves you that you claim that confidently because his name precedes your tattoo or your tummy or whatever that is. So talk to us about confidence, because I think that is honestly where a lot of people get so stifled. And I just got off a call with somebody with confidence. So it's crazy that this is coming back up. Yeah. Well, I think confidence is a, it's just something that never ages out, right? I mean, obviously I'm more confident now than I was in my twenties. So I, I, again, you know, when I'm talking about like my daughter and, you know, I have two daughters and two sons, that's something that doesn't, I love that I have purple. (laughs) I love the little comments in between. Um, I, I think confidence is just something that you always have to embrace. But I think the stronger my faith became, the more confident I became. Because you know there, there's something freeing in letting go of the fact that you have to be responsible for all of that. And so if I'm getting my confidence through him, then I don't really have to ever worry about, you know, feeling good enough to do this or brave enough to do that because I know he's always walking alongside of me. And so it was kind of a shift in perspective for me. That's kind of where my confidence came from finally. You know, I mean, sometimes, like I said, I wasn't the quickest one to catch on, Tamara. <laughs> hey, me too. I feel the same. <laughs> I'm always grateful he got a hold of me when he did. And I'm always yeah. like, oh, why was I so old? And then people are like, why were you so young? Like, you're so blessed that you got to do it so young. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't feel that way because I was a mom already. I was a wife already. And so when I get to be with younger women, and I'm sure you feel this way about your daughter and all of her friends and everybody that you impact the way that you do, it's this like, this shaking that you want to give them. And I'm thinking like even specifically of my nieces who are still in high school is like, I want to shake their shoulders and be like, you've got to understand this and this and this and this, this, but ultimately just understand this. And it's that um, if you're watching or listening, I'm pointing, I'm saying people are are exteriorly (laughs) 
existing. And ultimately, they just need to vertically align with who God sees them as and who he is as a whole, because everything changes. Everything changes when you know him intimately. Um, and confidence is a part of that. You know, we're blanketed in this culture that um, is telling you that confidence is a part of your skin, right? Or a part of your sexuality or a part of your lack of belief. Um, and that's simply not the case. And so I love that you're speaking into it, but you're probably so much more passionate about it now, knowing that you weren't saved at that point. And so wanting to pass salvation. Right. And I think too, you know, because when you are somebody who lives with um, severe anxiety, like I did, you know, fear is a huge role in that, you know, it has a huge part in that. And so, you know, when you're living in confidence, you can't help but not be living in fear anymore. And so it's such a, it's such a um, life giving experience to, to remove that fear. You know, I always say that fear is normal, but courage gets the final say, but you have to choose that daily. Like I said, you know, surrendering isn't a one and done um, opportunity. It's, it's, it's an opportunity that we can have every morning and, and say, you know, I choose to be brave today to do this because we're always going to experience things that feel overwhelming or, um, you know, going to the doctor could be overwhelming and you just don't know what to expect. But if you have that confidence in knowing that he's going to be right beside you and there is a purpose for it, then the fear doesn't get to win. You have to say that again about courage. Say it one more time, the saying that you always say. So fear is normal, but courage gets the final say. Ugh, I read that in your bio and I was like, this has to come out. And I wasn't sure how it was. And I'm so <laughs> grateful that you said it because I think every no, every yes, right? Whether you say yes to something that you shouldn't say yes to, or you're saying no because you don't feel qualified. It's right. all, everything, every choice is, is rooted in fear. Um, and is it God fearing? Hmm. Or is it the fear of man? And that is the choice. Right. And it, what happens when you choose the fear of man as the path that you choose, which was a, so part of my story. I was a fearful of what other people thought of me, not what he thought of me. I was fearful of, of if I was going to make them happy. If was I people pleasing? Was I doing things out of achievement? Was I doing things out of um just every other person ultimately was never for me. And I don't mean that selflessly. I mean it selfishly because I was so um, frail in my confidence. And on the exterior, you know, it would, no one would know that, right? It's what's happening on the mental space, that anxiety that was happening on the inside of me that was boiling out and leading into more poor choices. But when I became God-fearing because he got a hold of my life, it's similar um, to you in total different situations um, he precedes you. And mm -hmm. so you don't have to be fearful because he's in front of you. And so I think of him and he, and it's even biblically sound that he is our shield, right? And so if you have a shield in front of you, you're willing to walk into the fight. You're willing to walk into the battle. You're willing to show up even naked and afraid because you have somebody, something covering you. Right. And that's what he does. He's our covering. And so I love, I love that saying so very much. Well, and I think it's easier to choose also if you're like you had said, when you're kind of balancing that out, what, what is the fear rooting from? Is, is this going to be life giving or is it going to be life draining? And sometimes we have to almost categorize those to make a, a 
to make the right decision for ourselves at that time. You know, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I'm a huge uh, reactor. I'm not so much as I've gotten older, but, you know, I'm more emotionally driven. And so you react before you're thinking. And, and a lot of that played into my anxiety and fears years ago. Again, you know, that's the beauty of every wrinkle has provided a little bit more ounce of wisdom and growth. And so I never regret that. But I think it's it's just a matter of deciding, you know, what is really going to add value to my life, to my life. Not some, I mean, and I not in a selfish way, because in my life, in the sense where I can actually be a light to somebody else, or is this just my own selfish desires? And I think there's a difference between desires and actually, you know, how we should be living in his mm. world. I love this so much. This weekend, one of the speakers on stage was asking us, like, what are you? Why not? Why not? Why are you not doing this thing that God has called you to do? And what's the limiting belief to that? And I wrote down almost exactly what you're saying in different phrase. I said that I feel like I man made this God sized dream. I feel Mm -hmm. like I and my selfishness have created this huge vision. And I told him this, I got him off stage afterwards and set him to the side. And I was like, Marcus, like, this is what I feel. And yet I know that the truth is that it's a God sized dream for a reason. And ultimately he was like, how in your flesh, in your ability, in your current bank account, in your current knowledge base, in your current connections of relationships, do you think you're going to be able to go to the nations? Mm. It's not going to happen. Right. He will make a way. And so it's the same thing. And when you talk about selfishness or selflessness, it's the importance that self is involved. The reason because God made you. Right. And he selfishly made you and you alone to answer the calling that only you can answer. And so be selfish over your dream, be selfish over your well-being, be selfish over your mind. Don't let the enemy destroy it. Don't let the enemy take hold there. Be selfish for your wholeness. Right. I lived a life so far away from that truth for so long. And it's because the enemy wants you to stay in this strangled belief that your dream is not a God dream. It's a self-made dream. So I felt released from that this weekend. And I believe what you're saying is so connected to that. All right, quick pause. I love that you're tuning into this show. Really, your shares, your subscribes and reviews, even your listens mean a ton to me personally. And honestly, to all of us who put these shows out weekly for your listening pleasure. But are you ready? I think it's time that I put you in the hot seat for a question. If you're resonating with all of these multi-passionate, God-loving success stories, then I bet you have one of your own. Maybe you're even in the midst of that comeback. Regardless, there is a deeper message inside of you. I am sure of it. It's your why factor for living life. So here's the question. Why not turn that mess into a message by starting a podcast of your very own? It's time for you to amplify. 
And since I've been podcasting for a couple years now and I've trained dozens of shows into launch, I've also hit top of the charts across the globe. Why would you want to learn from anybody else? I'm also pretty fun. And so is my team. And we've put together this e-course. And don't stop here. Don't fast forward. Hold up. I know you're thinking e-course, me-course. Everybody's got a course. But this one is truly as good as it gets. I give you behind the scenes, step by steps. My team is screen sharing exactly what they do post-processing. There are video modules and a workbook. Plus, we offer direct group coaching with us. No videos. Us live in action. Let's create that human-to-human connection. So really, there's nothing like it. I would encourage you to go check out TamaraAndress.com and check out the course tab. Once you get there, there's even a free mini course option if you want to see the behind the scenes and not really take my word for it. So you should take my word for it. You're here listening to me right now. So I appreciate you. We love you. We encourage you. But girl, boy, man, woman, father, dog, whatever, (laughs) it's time for you to amplify. All right. Now let's get back to the show. Well, I think it's also easier, isn't it, to believe those lies, especially if you have any even shred of doubt or fear. I mean, it, it it just feeds off of that. And so I think it's easy to fall into that trap, but it's always just so much more important to, well, you know, not only just to go back to what you know to be true, go back into the word, but, and this is another good point that you're talking about, um, is connecting with other godly people who can round you back. You know, sometimes we get so far in our own minds um, that we can't see straight out. And so we need that other person. We need that counselor that's maybe just that step ahead, I say. They don't have to be leaps and bounds ahead, maybe just one step ahead or just in a different perspective where they can see something that you just can't because you're holding yourself back. And so I think that that's really important is to have that person or those people where you can go to when things are happening, because I mean, like you said, I mean, he was right there. You, you, you took it that step further. You knew you needed more than just to write it down. You needed to verbalize that out to somebody else. And there's a reason for that because once you speak that it loses power over the fears that you had in, in what you're saying that's, that are the lies and he's speaking truth back into you. And so I think that that was, that's great. Yeah, I think, you know, even bold people have those moments and have those thought patterns. And whether you're in the limelight or you're the person supporting the person in the limelight, which I've learned a lot about, like wealth dynamics and the understanding that there are the people who are meant to be mechanics and lords and all these other phraseologies that they use to to label the people to know that your your action behind the scenes is equally as important as the person who's in front of the scene. Um, and I think speaking out our truths or our lies are so critical and we're called to share our testimony for a reason. Um, and so it's so important that we do that and do it vulnerably, do it scared. And realize that God's going to bring people in. And ultimately what you're saying, Amy, is iron sharpens iron, Mm. right? And that little bit ahead doesn't mean that they have everything just right because nobody is perfect. It's the little bit ahead in the area that you need sharpening in. And so everyone that's in my inner circle, we sharpen each other all the time. I have people who are more spiritually sound and aware than I am. I have people who are more physically fit than I am. I have more people who are more mentally stable than I am. And I do that with intention as we cultivated these circles of people that we love and trust, trust being a huge part of that. 
is the knowing that I put people around me that are better than me all the time. So I can rise up, I can level up, but I also am better at a lot of things than they are intentionally. I don't look at them and be like, oh, that person needs to get to the gym. Let me help be her friend. No, but there's a spiritual obesity that people are sitting in, in their bodies being obese simultaneously. And they're using that as their crutch. They're using that as their excuse. They're using that as their reason for not saying yes, because there's limiting beliefs that, oh, I am well in my soul. So I am well, but there's more to life and there's more to living on purpose, just like you teach than that right well and i think like you had mentioned those being vulnerable is where people relate that that's where the authenticity is i mean if you can't be vulnerable and let people really see where you're coming from or what your experience is or you know what you're dealing with then how can they possibly relate how can they actually feel like they can trust you enough to come alongside you and and be that person. You know what I mean? And I, there has to be, and you pointed that out, there has to be a really honest level of trust where they can say, okay, I mean, if I'm always projecting that I have it all together all the time, who really wants to be around that? I mean, you know, really, no one's going to trust me with their um, junk because I'm not willing to share my own. Yeah. It's a hard lesson that I had to learn Um that's a pride. That's a pride lesson um, that I certainly yes. ego, ego. Yes. You know, it's in our way all the time. So it's it's important for us to realize that every day that's a check. Every single day that's a check. Um, you know, I, I got up on that stage this weekend, and I'll continue to get up on stage that weekend. And I'm doing it right now. Is like I am not wearing eye makeup. Okay, like there's nothing here. And I watch these beautiful women get up on stage. And, you know, when you're sharing vulnerably in a place of faith, um, you cry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I'm watching them cry and they're like, they can't wipe their eyes. They can't <laughs> wipe their tears because of their beautiful makeup that they have on. And I, I am a guilty of this, guilty as charged. But um, I want women to know, and I learned this lesson at the very beginning of COVID when I, one, wasn't wearing any makeup for weeks on end homeschooling my children but also when I went to put it back on and my son asked me why why are you doing that mama you're so pretty mama why why are you doing that dad already says you're so beautiful like who are you trying to impress and it made me realize that I don't need to take stage in my life every single day I don't need to take a selfie I don't need to be in the mirror if I can't be vulnerable And vulnerability is something that I think men, oddly, do well exteriorly, but they Mm -hmm. don't do well interiorly. And we as women are pretty good at being vulnerable on the inside and sharing the mess that we're in. But exteriorly, we are not good at it. Mm. That's so true. You're the first person I've actually heard say that out, but that is exactly the experience that I've I've had and and can relate to as well. I, I totally agree. I mean, I put makeup on for you today. I'm not going to lie, but thank you, thank you. I, You're only in the summer. It, my it was like a running joke. It was my hair. My hair was sunglasses on the forehead. That was my hairdo for the day, and no makeup. <laughs> or a bun. I mean, I am a diehard. Had I known bun, I would have just kept it in a bun from this morning. But um, but that is so true. I think that women have a harder time with that. I don't know. If, for me, it was um, 
It was that struggle of knowing that I was a capable person and not wanting other people to know that um, I wasn't capable of fixing myself. And so that's where the, the pride came in for me is that if I'm capable, why can't I fix myself? And until I do, I'm not going to let anybody know that I'm broken. And so, um, you know, that was a hard, that was a hard lesson for me, but yeah. one that I definitely needed. Yeah. Um, that's really good. We actually, uh, in my season of brokenness and I'm still broken, right? We're all not perfect. Um, but it's this knowing that we actually drove past hundreds of churches in our city, um, in order to go to another city, in order to go to a church where no one knew us. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't fully intentional. We called every church in our city to go to it. The ones that we knew it was 11 of them. And, uh, Everyone said no, that they didn't have a service that Wednesday night that we needed it. And um, so we drove, but we continued to drive for three years. And we were always saying how grateful we are that we weren't in our neck of the woods Mm -hmm. as we were weeping every single Sunday. We were altar calling every single Sunday, (laughs) Um, you know, and I went from being this really fragile person who previously was confident. Then I was standing in fragility, which I'm sure you felt so many times either upon death or upon your deathbed when you were experiencing cancer is this knowing that fragility is equally as bold and equally as seen. And this is exactly the conversation, but way deeper from being in the limelight versus being behind the scenes, right? Like that boldness and fragility. And so We've emerged and we go to a a church in our own city now and we're willing to cry and weep with people or we're willing to go over to that person if they're weeping and pray over them because we want them to know that they're seen in that fragility and that their fragility is brave. And that's what we need to do. I need to get on stage more often and I need to help clients. I've helped clients. Literally, they don't wear makeup like they did before. No falsies, no nothing, because they feel beautiful in the Mm -hmm. skin they were gifted. And I am not a pro or anti. I have lipstick on. Okay, people, just know I make (laughs) makeup. I'm not pro or anti makeup. And I never knew that that was going to be a part of my story. But it is. And if I didn't share about it and talk about the fact that the day before I asked my husband, do I should I put on light lashes? Should I go and like put this makeup on? Because it looks really good on camera. And like (laughs) they look beautiful. They look amazing. They look like a million bucks. And he was like, I love you the way you are. I'm like, I know. That's what you're supposed to say. You're my husband, my son. (laughs) You're supposed to say that. But when it's your five-year-old and he's telling you, it just, it took root in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. Because that stuff fades. I mean, we know it. And I think especially, I mean, I'm a lot older than you are. I just turned 50. So it really is fading hard and fast. (laughs) You're stunning. Stop it. (laughs) But I mean, I do think that there is something to be said for being comfortable and confident in your own skin regardless of what that looks like. I mean, I do take care of myself. I mean, I also think there is intention. And so I think when you feel like you are putting in the intention and effort, um, because I think we should be worth it. I think, you know, God created us to take care of ourselves. You know, what a gift, right? He gave us life. I, I should at least be able to eat healthy foods, you know. Yeah, brush your teeth. Whatever, but yeah. in, in general, it's got to be. Totally. 
I, I've got to be okay with it at the end of the day. After I've done what, I, after I've done my part, I need yeah. to feel good about what's looking back at me in the mirror. Yeah, I think that's so important. And we've got people listening. I'm older than both of you, and don't wear makeup, <laughs> Kelly. You rock. We we want to be like yeah. you. You're our yeah, hero. Right. It's it's this knowing that like mm-hmm. yes, you can go to the salon. Yes, you can get your nails yeah. done. It's not about the exterior like covering though, right? Mm-hmm. It's like knowing that you get to be fragile, you get to be broken, you get to be vulnerable, you get to be true, you get to be completely mm-hmm. whole and still really proud of that wholeness that you've worked so desperately for that God graced you with. Um, but it's the knowing that there's just got to be in the ultimate word that I'm going to come back to is the is my belief is it's about your posture. Right. It's like, what, where is your heart postured? Where is your head in your posture of self? Um, because ultimately it's about surrender and that whether you're looking down at your feet because you just you can't even look into the eyes of your maker or you're looking right directly in his eyes. You get to be proud either way. Right. No, I totally agree with you. Posture is a huge thing. Yeah. But I think people overlook that. I don't people think about that. You know, especially when you do get hung up on the exterior. I don't people are thinking like that. I love how you say you could be looking down or directly in his eyes or you know what I mean? It's like, but you have to be proud of who you are. You have to feel good about the person he has created, what you're doing. That's where the beauty comes from. That's where people see the beauty. It, they, they see it in the brokenness. You know, they see it from the girl who's crying on stage. Like when we went to She Speaks, when we would go to those powerhouse emotion, I mean, you, you weren't expecting it, those meals to be so emotional, but they were, they were so impactful and full of emotion and connection. And so the woman next to you who was crying ugly tears looked so beautiful in the sense that she was able to express that you could see the Holy Spirit working through her. And it was, that was the beauty. Like that's what people I guess like when we were saying before we even started recording, that is the beauty of the in-person connection because you can't see that on a highlight reel. You can't see that on, you know, filters. It's that woman next to you that's pouring out her heart or you see that how she was touched by somebody else's words. That's beautiful. There's nothing, Mm -hmm. there's nothing like that. You're so right. And, And we've got this gal and I just want to pour into her right now. Because I feel called to um, Kelly, who is listening and she's saying, I've never really worn makeup. This is the one who said that she was older than us and she's never worn it, but she's also never felt beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think, <laughs> Kelly, your vulnerability not only is stunning, first off, and beautiful, you are beautiful. It's this knowing that um, the world tells us beauty is one thing. And God himself is beautiful and God lives within you. And therefore you, by nature of creation, are beautiful. And so there's a definition exchange that has to happen at the same time as you exchange your life. When you give your life over to Christ, there's a definition exchange that happens on what is beauty. And I've been on the opposite. I felt beautiful a bajillion times, but it was exterior beauty. It was caked on in a, like a mask. And I say this both in makeup, but not, I'm not even talking about makeup. I just mean like, I, I worked to look pretty mm-hmm. and that's the word I'm going to use. Not beautiful. I went to the gym to have a good figure, 
to work off what I thought was what magazines told me about, MTV music videos told me about, what men told me about, what I saw in Playboy magazines when I was four and five and six, mm-hmm. what the three-year-old version of me had to do for somebody else who was older than me because I was pretty. Mm-hmm. You guys, we all have areas of our life that we feel completely ugly in. But when you take that exchange, you get to own beauty in such a different way. And you get to let people like myself and people like Amy call you beautiful and actually believe it. Right. And I think that that's the key. It's the last part is you have to believe it. At some point, you have to you have to just believe it. Even if you can't see it, everybody else can see it. God can see it. And then you just have to believe it. You have to trust. There's the trust issue. It doesn't matter what the fear is. And maybe the fear is the fear of not being beautiful, but you have to believe it. Like I, my fear was different. Your fear was of something else until we trust that God knows, you know, and what he believes that's when we can change our mindset, but we have to trust him first because he doesn't make a mistake. And he doesn't lie. And so if he says we're beautiful, then we are. End of story. Girl, I was on mute because I'm over here just like taking all the notes. This is so good. And you're so right. And so he said, you said at the very end, you said, because he says you're beautiful, you are. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to take his word for what it is. If we don't, then we're still trying to be in control. We're still trying to put on that mask, whatever the mask is. Like you said, it doesn't have to be makeup. Whatever that mask is that you're putting on to, you know, try to buy into something else of somebody else's standard, then we're wasting our time. He's already set the standard. He's already told you that you're beautiful. And then it's a matter of you trusting him enough to believe it. Okay, I was on a podcast yesterday and the person had a mic and they just dropped it and I don't, but I'm just like, (laughs) that's it. That is truly, truly it. Your confidence, your boldness comes from the one that you trust, that trusted you enough to literally birth you, to plan you out in his magnificent story. He birthed you to be here. He birthed you in beauty so that you could help his ultimate mission. Right. I mean, that's miraculous. That's beautiful. And so if you have a hard time getting in front of a camera, you have a hard time looking in the mirror, stop looking at yourself. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look at the creation that is you. Exactly. Because he doesn't make any mistakes. No, he doesn't. He doesn't make mistakes. So if we're not believing it, then we're saying what we're saying is then we don't trust him. Then we don't believe him. We're believing somebody else that spews lies. But you know what I mean? Like you have to trust him. And and listen, Kelly, I'm going to say this. 
I I know how hard it is to trust. Even when you do believe, I've never not identified as a believer with all of my years of anxiety. If you had asked me, I would tell you, oh, I, I, I never felt like God was punishing me for the death of my son or my brother. I never had that. I never hated God, but I was not living a godly life. I was not I was still trying to be in control. And so I understand the difficulty of trusting. I don't, you know, don't, I'm not saying you're not a believer. I'm just saying there's so much more. There's so much more of a connection, so much more freeing um, when I surrendered and fully trusted him. It was such a burden to bear feeling like I had to carry around that weight of those lies and that anxiety. And so that's the freedom I would love to see in you, Kelly, is the trust and the freedom that comes from that. There's nothing like it. It's immeasurable. And Kelly, this is literally going to be a sound in all of eternity Mm because Kelly may not be your name. Your name may be Pam. Your name may be Amy or Lauren But this message is for every single one of you listening. And Kelly, we're grateful that you are here on this live with us to be able to not only experience this, but to know in our vulnerability, we don't have it all figured out. To know that even in our faith, that is mustard seed, when we put that in front of us, we have that confidence. But sometimes our faith is behind us and the thing in front of us is an enemy lie or a limiting belief or a road that we choose in ulterior to God's perfect will. And so we're all becoming. I say that. That's the new title. She met me when my title was Fit in Faith, but the new title is called Always Becoming because there's grace in that. But there's also truth in the fact that perfection, which is the thing we often strive for, both in our boldness and both in our exterior beauty, even in our confidence. But if it's not rooted in him, it's worthless. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I, and, and I think that wh- whoever's listening, and we said this before, it's always for that one person. And they're always going to be enough, whoever it is. You know, like you said, we're addressing Kelly, but it could be anybody. It could be that one person who's not brave enough to speak up right now. And she maybe needs to hear your words spoken into her. And so then that's for you as well. But everybody's broken. Everybody is broken. Even the most visually beautiful person has their own brokenness. And I think that that's I think that's been the disservice, in my opinion, to social media as people forget that. I don't think we were as bombarded with that, especially me at at a younger age, because we didn't have that. So now you're just so consumed with the highlight reels and the perfect filters that you forget. I mean, we know that it's there, but you forget because that's what you're consuming yourselves with. And so to that, I would also say, you know, turn it off, shut it down. If it's messing with your confidence in any way, turn it off. If you've got that five-year-old who's telling you you're beautiful, isn't that enough? Put your phone down, shut your laptop, and live off of that. Yes. So good. That's literally, as you were saying, and I was literally like, yeah, you've already got the people who affirm your beauty right. right there in your corner. And if those people who are in your corner are not affirming your beauty, beauty being a thousand things, right? Everything about you is beautiful, but 
it's the knowing that you need to find that iron sharpening iron experience. You need to find a community like Amy has developed and you need to get in that place and be with those people so they can speak life to you because the enemy is trying to do the opposite and he comes to kill, steal and destroy. And that is not what God came for. That's not how he created you to be. He wants you to live within his love and within the knowing that you are beautiful So, Amy, how can people get in touch with you? How can they get in your community? Tell us all the things. Obviously, Embolden book, you guys got to buy it. All the links are already here. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. I love it. So much. Everybody asks if that's my daughter's eye. It is not. We regretted that after the fact, but. Yeah, that would have been rad, but that is that would so have been, gorgeous. Yeah. So you can get in touch with me very easily. Everything, every handle is at Amy Debrick. I know it's a long, daunting last name. Don't let it trip you up. Um, you can also even, um, my website, the same, and you can get emboldened where all books are sold online. Um, you can also search Life on Purpose. Um, the podcast will come up and I think even a link you can connect to my website there as well if that's easier. Um, you can also look up Amy at uh, surrenderyourfears.com. You can Google that and I'll come up as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I would love to connect with anyone if you have a story, um, anything. You know, I think that you're doing amazing, amazing work, Tamara, and just getting people's stories out there and, and sharing and and letting them know that they're not alone and and just the beauty that there is in having that personal relationship in Christ. Thank you so much, Amy, for being here today. I'm so glad we connected again. Uh, I hope that we get to do so again. Maybe you'll come to my conference. That would be fun in October. Um, but yeah, this this is such a gift to me. And I know a gift, obviously, to our live listeners. And again, as people listen to this later. So um, God is good and intentional. And you guys, these conversations are literally unscripted. We do not plan what's going to be said. We haven't talked to each other in years. Literally, all I had was the bio that is current. And other than that, God shows up. And so I know this message was a perfect for somebody. Um, and I can say perfect in his perfection, not in ours. So we love you. We thank you for being here. And Amy, I will be chatting with you soon. Okay. Love sounds you. good. Thank you. Bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you, something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fit and faith underscore podcast or me personally at Tamara.Andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time.
Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinise Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.